We've been called many things. Two peas in a pod. Thelma and Louise. Best friends. Thing one and thing two. And a good number of times, even sisters. But the one we love the most is mother and daughter. And that's the tea. What's the tea, Nina? Is that the tea? That, that's but, the tea. But I don't get it. Never mind. I'll explain it later. Welcome to Real Talk with Deb and Nia. As a friendly reminder, you can find our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss out. Hello and welcome to Real Talk with Deb and Nia. I'm Deb. And I'm Nia. For those of you who are new to our podcast, we are in the midst of a series we're calling, quote, Surviving to Thriving. So far, we've had conversations about some ways you can live vibrantly by identifying your core values and designing a life that allows time and energy for both your personal and work endeavors. We've also talked about how we can consistently welcome more joy into our lives, especially after tragedy and loss. And last week, we got a glimpse into what it can look like when we kick fear to the curb, let go of what's not bringing us joy, and choose to live our dreams. Spoiler alert, words like blessed, awesome, and fireworks were used to destroy, to describe, not destroy, to describe the feeling. <laughs> it was, it was. She has a great story. She does. She does. Can I share a quick story? Yeah, it's tied You're to the storyteller. I am the storyteller. It's tied to what we're doing. Um, many years ago, BN—that's before Nia—I <laughs> was seeing a naturopath, and at that time, I was working as a producer, and I had this crazy schedule. No, it's not crazy; it was ridiculous because I was quite sane, but it was a ridiculous schedule, and. There was nothing wrong with me, but I felt like I could have more vibrant health. And I was talking to her about what my schedule was like. And she stopped me and she said, imagine that you had a finite amount of energy to live your life. Do you want to use it all up right here, right now? Of course, I said no. And I really had to think about that. And I've tried to be more balanced. I, you know, truth, I'm not always there, but I never forgot what she said. So as we're looking at supercharging our lives, me and I thought it would be just a perfect time to have a conversation about how we can do that in a way that honors the body that we were given to accomplish whatever assignments we've been given for this life journey. And that's real talk. That's real talk. (laughs) With a body that's diseased, as we like to call it, you can't accomplish as much as you could with greater health and well-being. For that reason, we invited Dr. LaJoyce Brookshire to join us once again to share some more of her holistic doc gems. So a little bit about Dr. Brookshire. Ask LaJoyce Brookshire who she is, and quickly she will tell you she's God's girl, a full-time wife and mother, and a part-time everything else. She is a licensed and ordained pastor, doctor of naturopathy, master herbalist, best-selling author, professor at the City University of New York, and former host of Ask the Good Doctor on Sirius XM. Dr. Brookshire's motto and number one teaching is, you are what you eat. Welcome, Dr. Brookshire. Hi, ladies. How are you? 
We are well. <laughs> yes, we are well. Thank you for underscoring the well part. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks for joining us again. You know, we love our chats. Oh, I'm glad to be here. I'm happy to be here. Let's go. Okay. For those who are new to Real Talk, can you remind us of what a doctor of naturopathy is and what that someone does? Certainly. A naturopathic doctor is one who treats with everything that's in nature, using no medicine to keep one well, mind, body, and spirit. And I like to add to it also issues which affect the human condition. Because if you try to look away from those four components, the entire person cannot be healed. Thereby, it is not holistic healing. It is trying to attack a singular thing. And aren't we already accustomed to that ideology? That's right. We're very... Symptoms, not the roots. Yes. That's correct. Got to get to the root. And speaking of the root, Nia, I'm so glad you brought that up. I had a patient once, a man who had come to see me and I do face reading and it's not psychic, y'all. It's uh, actually scientific and that your face is actually a graph to what is going on with your biology. You just have to know how to read the signs. It's really difficult to look away from people in the street. I make every effort not to diagnose (laughs) people by looking in their faces, but I asked him to stick out his tongue. And he had this very deep crevice down the center of the tongue, which is the heart meridian line. And that indicates a broken heart. So I asked him, who or what has broken your heart? And he looked at me. He was so angry. What does that have to do with anything? I'm not here for that purpose. What do you mean? And how'd you even know to ask me that? I said, oh, it has everything to do with the purpose of why you're here. And he was there for a heart condition. So it was absolutely imperative. And then once I explained to him the rationale of getting to the mind, body, and spirit and the issues which affect the human condition, and I could see very clearly that he had an issue of the heart and he broke down crying. And there was massive healing that day. Wow. So sometimes just even the awareness of where your stuff is coming from, your disease is the beginning of the healing. It's the beginning of the healing and the acknowledgement of it. Saying it aloud to yourself in that mirror. What is it you say in the mirror? I mean, that affirmation goes along with your positive self-talk that you have to tell yourself. You have to tell yourself positive things. In my first marriage, My first husband married me knowing he had full-blown AIDS and did not tell me. And I'm happy to report that I am HIV-free, hallelujah. But he was filled with a lot of negative speech. He was intent on tearing me down emotionally. And I had to give myself positive self-talk in order to reinforce what I knew to be true. Because there was no way I was going to stand in the wake of everything that he was dishing my way. All of those things. Yes. So like he would say things to me. He knew I was super, super um, have an incredible relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what kind of God would let you get in a situation like this? You say you're God's girl. If you're God's girl, then how'd you end up with me? Didn't he tell you? And I would tell myself all the time, I am God's girl. I am God's girl. Don't let my current situation confuse you out of the fact in knowing, LaJoyce, that you're God's girl, you're God's girl. 
And then he would say, um, oh, when I die, you're going to end up sick anyway. And I say, Mm-mm, I am well. I am well. I am God's girl. I am well. And then the other thing was, when I die, you're not going to have any money. I was thinking, dude, you haven't seen all these degrees on my wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, okay. And, I, and then I would tell myself, I am wealthy. I am wealthy. And many would just say I was stupid. And I would tell myself I was brilliant. And you're ugly and you're fat and you're gaining weight. Yeah, I guess I did eating away my trouble (laughs) with you. I guess I was. And I would tell myself I was beautiful. So I would tell myself, I am God's girl. I am well. I am wealthy. I am brilliant. I am beautiful. I am God's girl. I am well. I am wealthy. I am brilliant. I am beautiful. And that is my mantra today. And I tell everyone to take whatever anyone is saying to you consistently, turn around, walk in the other direction and tell yourself just the opposite. Speak your truth to yourself. yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Encourage yourself. People don't often think about wellness or their well-being being associated with their self-talk. But there are a lot of people, you know, that are saying, oh, do your affirmations and they're saying affirmations. I just don't know that sometimes we're as targeted as we need to be, because what we may need to hear may not be what's on, you know, somebody's pre-made, you know, affirmations. That's right. Create your own stories. Tell yourself your own words. You know, like Nia said, I'm a professor at City College, part of the City University of New York system. And I tell my students all the time that we are not going to research any underwater basket weaving because it's boring for you and it's boring for us. I want you to take a dip into your life, a dip into your wonderful cultures, a dip into something that has meaning for you to share with us. Every speech will be that way, that I I don't want you running to research something because you have an assignment. We're not doing that. And so in that, the deep meaning and the things that they speak about with deep meaning, their tears, there's laughter, there's joy. Oh, uh, it's it's so wonderful. It's illuminating to experience all of those different students from different places. And to your point, they have to use their own words. And it's easier for them to use their own words when speaking about their own stuff. Right. And it's important for them to know their voice is important. Important. It is. It is. So important. Yes. You know, you have me when you start talking about teaching the young ones, the younger ones, because some of them are adults, but, you know, they're they're still coming up. They're still growing. And it's so wonderful for people to come into their lives and give them an opportunity to do that because it doesn't always happen at home. That's right. Because we, we, can, we can't give what we don't have. And we, we're all coming from different places. And we have that same thing about disease, right? Yes. People yes. come to the table. I think we kind of talked about this once before when you joined us for a conversation. You know, this runs in my family. I got sugar. Everybody has sugar. <laughs> you know, we've got high blood pressure. And we spend a lot of time discussing health from the perspective of either the disease that we have or our families have or how we can avoid that. And, you know, I think that's great. But what impact does all of that have on us being able to live our most powerful lives? 
you know, how important do you think the role of health plays in us getting from here, wherever here is for us, to there where we are thriving? It plays a tremendous role because if you are just barely making it yourself, you cannot be an effective member of your village. And that is what is essential. We are all village dwellers. And inside of that village, every person assembled plays a role. And so if you are downtrodden and beaten down, this is where the personal mantra comes in because the people who are within your village know your struggle. Yes. Mm-hmm. And those who know your struggle, they can remind you of this struggle so they can remind you of how you can turn around from it. It's just like the person who continually eats bad food, but doesn't feel bad yet. They're the ones who know that their bad habits will eventually catch up with them, but they just can't seem to stop themselves. And then there are those who have the ideology of I can eat whatever I want to and not get sick. I can't stand that because (laughs) I can't stand that. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't like it because it places a burden on the people who love you. Because you're the one who's talking about, I can eat whatever I want to and not get sick, be daggone for all the people who are going to have to care for you. Daggone to the people who you're going to upset the apple cart when you can no longer work and your check is not coming into the household. What in the world are you talking about? It's not just you. You don't do it for just you. You do it for your village. You do it for your family. We have a singular responsibility to be responsible to ourselves, but only a fool is accountable unto himself. To whom are you accountable? That's the question I ask. To whom are you accountable? That is so true. Sometimes we travel as if we're solo. (laughs) It's just us. And we can make our choices. And, we, and, and there's a lot of that going on today. Of, you it know, is. It's all about me. And mm. it is about me. I think there's something to be said for having it be more about you, particularly for women in many cases. Mm. However, yes, it's about me so that there's more me for the we. Because yes. we are connected. We are definitely connected. So I love that. I yes. love that. So what is what is thriving look like from a health perspective? For me, from a health perspective, thriving is just exuberance. It is you are well rested. And because you are well rested, you can think clearly. How about that? So many people complain of brain fog and it doesn't have to do with old age either. Let me say this. We learned that that has nothing to do with it. And if you're talking about those senior moments, if you all missed that episode, it was Dr. Christian Northrup. If Mm -hmm. you're having those senior moments, there's no such thing. No such thing. So there you have it. A senior moment is generally means that there's something else that's going on. And maybe you can tell us some of the things if we're having that. Where should we be kind of checking ourselves? Oh, absolutely. You need to check and find out whether or not you're getting enough rest. Well, first of all, let me say this. I do not say we when it's not me. That's the first thing. You know how people want to lump in the collective we? No, I never say we when it is not me. So many people 
don't have the good sense enough to shut it down when the body is begging for it to be shut down. That is just basic life skills 101, that when your body is tired and when the screen is blurred, and of course you have to get out that document. Yes, of course you do. But if you got out that document and then after you go to sleep, you look at the document you sent out and you went, oh, then <laughs> what was it worth? And then you, you replied all. Okay. <laughs> and what was it worth? Because reputations are on the line. Reputations are at stake. And so in order for you to do your best work, in order for you to thrive at work and in this life, you at least have to have enough rest. And in order to be able to think clearly, and I don't mean grabbing the afternoon mocha frappuccino, latte, mocha chaka, grande, venti, <laughs> whatever you call them. And then it costs $10.99, okay? (laughs) So that is not the clarity of which I speak. But for people who feel like they have to reach for it every day in order to survive the next five hours, problem. Thriving for me is also knowing when to say no. And I have this sign up that says, saying no gives me the opportunity to be present with everything I have said yes to. And I have said yes to being a wife, yes to being a mother, yes to being a naturopathic doctor. Those are the things that bring my spirit joy. And I stay in alignment with that because whenever I step outside of it, I regret it. So since I don't like regret, I don't do it anymore. And my New Year's resolution for this year and forever, Deb and Nia, forever, is no pressure. No pressure is the mantra for me because pressure leads to poor productivity. It leads to stress. It leads to a depleted immune system, exhaustion, and then resentment. When you give in to pressure, it leads to resentment toward the person that to whom you succumb to the pressure. It really does at the end of the day. And it's not even their fault, right? Because yours. They just asked, right? They just asked. And you had the power of your yes or your no. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And then part two of that resolution and forever declaration for me is to stand. It's the companion word because I pray for the grace to stand in the decisions to say no so that I can be present for all I've said yes to. And I've said yes to being the best version of myself by removing all aspects of pressure. And this is on which I stand so that I can be fully present to execute the assignment to which I've been called. That sounds so simple. And you know, that's that's so hard for many. I just, yes, I got that is. lesson. It's I'm not me. I'm not we. I'm not us. I'm Deb and me. <laughs> That's right. Right. That's right. You know, I won't say hard because I'm hardest on myself. So if I allow these things and I'm hard on myself after and I don't want to have regret and I will always say, I knew I should have said no to that. I knew I should have said no to that. And sometimes, you know, I may give a fast yes. And then if I think about it and really marinate on it, I circle back and say, no, it's not going to happen. Can't do it. I can't do it. I can't commit to another thing. 
that I'm trying to remove things off of my plate, not pile things on. I want to hear so many other things, but I just feel that this is one that we do need to say more about because there's so many messages that we have. If I've said, yes, I've made my commitment. I'm bound to it, Mm. you know, and it's even, I seem to remember biblically speaking for those that are wired in that way or lean that in that way, it is better to not swear right? In the first place, then to swear and not keep it. So if I've Mm. said yes, now I'm bound to it. And I think there was another one that said, um, if you do need to change your mind, you need to go to that person. And if they release you, then you're released. Now, if I was to take that fully to heart and say, I cannot operate outside of that, then I can say yes to something that's going to crush me, but I don't realize it when I say yes, right? And then I feel bound to it because I have another story that says, well, if I don't do it now, even though it's going to crush me, I'm going to be out of alignment with another value that I have. We've been there or my, you know, my mom raised me better and that's what she would have me do. We Mm. have all have different stories for why we feel bound to a yes that may have made sense. Or like you said, you said it too quickly. We had a guest once a couple of seasons ago, and she said, you know, for some of those things, say, let me get back to you. Mm. Let me get back to you. And it was, it sounds so simple, but I I remember thinking, oh gosh, yes, I don't have to answer right away. Yes, you brought up a good point just now when you said it will crush you. But I want to interject this notion. We have to know that you will be crushed in this life at some point. And if we think, and I'm going to say we on this, if we think that we will avoid being crushed, then we need to think again, it is an inevitability because it helps you grow. And after you have been crushed, enough times, you'll find your no. Mm -hmm. You'll find your, let me get back to you. You'll find your, I owe you an apology. I said yes too quickly before I checked my calendar. I have to tell you, I really don't have the bandwidth to get that done. Okay. And boundaries. I have, I have very clear boundaries. And one of my boundaries is around my rest. Okay. Now, full disclosure, I've known Nia since she was knee high to a pup. And I've known Deb a really long time and you all can't see them, but they're nodding their heads because I have very clear boundaries around my rest. I shut down because I'm an early bird, an early riser. I have done more things before sunrise than most people do all day, certainly by eight o'clock, 8 a.m. And my friends from high school, we're a collective crazy bunch. They go, whatever we're doing, you have to do it before nine o'clock because LaJoy still goes to bed at nine o'clock. And I tell people it's a potent youth pill. It's a, it's a beauty elixir also. And, but do not call me late. It must be an emergency. Okay. So cell phone goes off. It powers down in the eight o'clock hour, mostly. And if it's a real emergency, my real friends have the phone number to the bat line. 
a real plug in the wall phone landline. <laughs> <laughs> we still have one. I believe that's that. right. <laughs> that's right. Believe in it. Believe Especially if you live someplace where the power goes out. Yes, like mm-hmm. yes, yes. Your phone and here's, still works. That's right. Now here's what I want to say about crushing, because when you look at, you take a grape when it's at peak season and you crush it to make wine, and then it ferments. When that wine, when it ferments and the longer it sits, the more expensive that bottle of wine costs. So you then become this really fine, well-tooled, well-preserved, aged, sage, and wise. And it all came about because of your crushing. Don't run from it. Receive it. It feels like, it feels like crap when you're going through it. Oh, we know. (laughs) It feels like crap when you're getting crushed, you know? And so like when my mother, my mother died recently and it hasn't yet quite been a year. So I'm managing all of those years, the year of firsts. And I would also say that thriving is also acknowledging the grief and welcoming it because that was love for that person. That every time that wave hits how deeply and intently you love that person. And so I've just been working on taking every feel, every time a feeling comes, just take it. Mother's Day, whoo, Mother's Day was rough. I just took every feeling and just laid there. Didn't have any commitments, didn't want any commitments. And I just laid there and took the feelings. It was a good thing because I feel that while losing your mom is just, an overwhelming occasion. I don't think that you ever really get over it, but I don't think that I'll fall to my knees. I say that now, let me shut up. But (laughs) I am cherishing this grief process in this year of first because it is necessary. It is healing. It is cathartic. That's what it is. And that's transformative to walk into your new life without your mom through every holiday, through every major celebration on birthdays, milestones, all of those things. I'm about to publish another book and it's going to be the first book that I'm publishing that she did not receive a galley copy for. So it's bittersweet in that regard. So those kinds of milestones, but it's helping me to grow too. It's helping me to grow. And, and I'm right. thriving in that grief as mm-hmm. I go through it, because as I go through it and I get to the other side, I'm thriving even more. So just to as we're looking at crushing, there's the crushing that is healthy and, and helpful for our lives and moves us towards thriving. And then it's the crushing that comes from succumbing to other people's agendas when it doesn't work for our lives. And Mm -hmm. we have not, for whatever reason, where one may be saying yes to something that is not a good idea, maybe not right now, maybe not ever, yet we felt compelled. That kind of crushing is not healthy. That isn't healthy. And that does not not lead to to thriving. No, it does not. No, it not. It does not. And the language unto itself, surviving, you know, it's to me, it does something in the, in, in the back, in my back. It makes me bristle when I hear people say, I'm surviving. And I've always 
beget the question, why aren't you thriving? What is it about this life right now that is hard? And that's what needs to be looked at. What is it that's hard? And it's just like when people say they are depressed, what is it that makes you sad? And tracking it back to the source of the sadness. And then doing what? Addressing it. Back to that self-talk in the mirror. Girl, now you know mommy's dead, okay? And this is me in the mirror, okay? Mommy's dead now. And I've been to chaplain school, which is a, another PhD, okay? <laughs> Clinical chaplain training. In a another moneymaker right there. <laughs> Thank you, Nia. Multiple streams of income and in That is a PhD in another degree. And all you get is, what's that certification say on my wall? No. Uh, yeah, it says clinical pastoral education. I got it. Okay, that's cool. But what I what we learned in clinic, and I don't mean to offend anyone, but the first day at chaplain school, they stand you there and you're in the hospital and they take you to the morgue and they say, it's die, dead, and death. People don't expire. They don't cross over. They don't go to the other side. And they said, we're not stepping on anybody's uh, toes spiritually. People are in shock when they are delivered news. Everybody repeat after me, die, dead, death. So I held on to that. So I look in the mirror and I say, okay, LaJoyce, mommy's dead. Okay, clear words, clear words in a moment like that to speak to yourself. So you can hear yourself say it and you put your hand on your chest and you feel yourself saying it. Okay, and it resonates. It's like it's tapping like tapping mm-hmm. that seal call recalls it to the brain seals it in the heart recalls it to the brain because the body is so, so now you're telling your brain one thing mommy's dead okay you have work to do and do not stifle your tears do not stifle your tears let the tears flow scream when you need to scream cry when you need to cry laugh when you need to laugh So when you look in that mirror and talk to yourself about the source of it, because I could have very easily took to the bed Mm -hmm. like Scarlett O'Hare or something. Okay, (laughs) I could have I could have done that. And Christmas Day was very hard, very hard. I fell into a puddle of tears in my mother-in-law's arms. Okay, but I think that what you do with that, then when you acknowledging the sadness. okay, sugar you know, and be gentle and kind with yourself or be rough with yourself, whatever works or be rough with yourself first and then end up gentle, whatever it is that you understand Mm -hmm. and just tell it to yourself straight, no chaser in the mirror. How many people never even speak to themselves in the mirror? Never say anything to themselves. I say, do you think that you're pretty? Do you tell yourself that you're pretty when you get dressed and you're like, all right now, girl, (laughs) 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 do you say that to yourself? Nia, do you tell yourself you're pretty when you know you're looking good? Yes. Okay. <laughs> she does. Nia talks to herself all the time. Yeah, my book does too. Mm-hmm. They do too. She said, I'm talking to myself. I said, well, you better answer back. <laughs> <laughs> you better answer back. So I think that that's what you do with it to answer your question. You speak to yourself in the mirror to help you affect change, but just to acknowledge it, but just to pretend like it's not there now you're surviving 
because you're dancing on the outside of that thing instead of biting the elephant one piece at a time. One day you're going to have to bite him or bite you. And that's what I say about grief. Deal with grief or grief will deal with you. We can actually say that about a lot of things. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Problems, period. Just deal with life or life will deal with you. Yeah. So face it. You have to face it and be realistic about you have to manage those expectations that people will place expectations upon you that who told you that? Oh, I just thought I don't know why you thought that. And I think that largely in part, it's due to the fact you want to people, please. I got over it. I got I got I'm done. I mm. I do. I am. I do not want to people, please. I tell my students, I am not here to be your people pleaser. If if you are looking for that kind of affirmation, drop this class. Now, I will stroke sugar, baby, doll and honey you. But we're not people pleasing. I'm not giving you an A or a B. Get the grade you earned. Isn't that just like life, though? Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. Yes, and it's just like your health. You get the grade of health that you earned. You earned that health. Can't stay up all night every night and expect to get a good report card. No, it's going to bite you. And so will the cheeseburger you eat every single day. (laughs) What are some of the signs that our bodies may be trying to get our attention? Oof, exhaustion. No matter how much sleep you get, it's never enough. The people who complain about that the most, though, don't get much sleep. You know, you take that analysis of, okay, what time do you go to bed? Oh, one, two. Okay, what time do you get up? 5.36. Oh, okay. First problem. Bingo. I'm wired. I can't. I can't shut it down. Why? Then now you're getting into the emotional part of things that people are concerned about. And a lot of things that have people concerned is news. And you have to guard yourself. You have to guard. I guard what goes into my eyes and what I hear and into my ear gates. I choose very carefully what I want to hear and what I want to see. Currently, I'm on a news fast for 21 days. By chance, I heard about that balloon today. That's how checked out I had been (laughs) that got shot down. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) But I was glad. I was like, oh, good. It's working. Stay the course. 21 days. Stay the course. Don't feel bad, though. I heard about it right before you did, apparently, (laughs) because I heard about it yesterday. And the person that shared it with me told me I needed to do better. I needed to be, I needed to have this, this news in real time or like this, what's this news break that pops in all day that I need to know who shot someone, who died, who, you know, who's being held hostage, all of that ding, ding all day long. Oh no, I turned off every notification. I have to figure out how to turn that one off because I never turned it on. It came preloaded. On oh, phone. yes, it does come preloaded. Does. I silenced every single thing except the ringer because that's how adamant I am. And I am not a Facebook junkie nor a social media junkie to have to be pop up for every notification. You can't even dial a number. The thing pops up and like my social media is more important than the phone number I'm dialing. If I, especially if I want to speak to get out of here, silence all of it. And so we have to carefully guard because I think that has built this anxious society that we are living in today, in addition to the depressive society that has burgeoned today. 
I think that we are on the precipice, America is on the precipice of generations, plural, of more depressed and sad and anxious people than ever in history. And I think that social media plays a great part in that. It's a great tool, but it's going to be to the undoing for people who choose to live by its existence. Wow. And I'm thinking with the news, the same thing. If all you're hearing, or if the majority of what you're hearing is devastation, destruction, sadness, unfairness, Yes. You know, then how is how easy is it to hold? I am beautiful. I am wealthy. Well, how can I be wealthy when the economy is in shambles? I can't be wealthy. You know, we're all doomed. How do you I look do at this? I look at it like this. I don't care what all is happening around the world, society. I will not participate if it is not in alignment with my assignment. I don't care anything about a recession. I'm not going to participate. <laughs> I, I won't. Recession, oh, everything's plummeting by. But you have to position yourself for the day that it rains. The sun does not shine every day. Why aren't you prepared for a rainy day? Why? Just like when COVID happened and they shut it down, we were just fine in our house because we don't run out of anything. We don't <laughs> live near a corner store. We live on a on a mountain. And guess what? Nothing is nearby. And so it's not that, honey, can you run to the store and get some cornmeal? And I can put on the grease to fry the chicken or fry the fish and think that you'll get back before the grease is hot because the store is at the corner. <laughs> you'll burn your house down. I'll burn my house down. <laughs> I do that. But I don't run out of anything. So when people were clamoring for toilet paper, I mean, I sent a case of toilet paper to a friend in St. Louis, a very dear friend, who said there were no paper products in St. Louis, no paper products. I sent her from my own supply, toilet paper, paper towels, and napkins that I have stacked up to the ceiling on a regular day because we are supposed to always be prepared. And what's that Bible verse that they use for tithing? Bring all the meat into the storehouse, Bring your tithes into the storehouse so there will be meat in the storehouse. But I have always looked at that scripture as bring everything into the storehouse so that you and your family and your neighbors won't be without. And for people who did not have toilet paper and who don't think that it could happen again, if you're not prepared this next time, we'll be unto you. I don't know what to like. How many times does history have to repeat itself? Something else will come. We don't know what the it is. Now the it is inflation. So toilet paper now costs three times more than it did if you just buy one every time you go to the store instead of trying to stock up all at once. Now it's an investment instead of... (laughs) (laughs) But those those are the ways in which we need to be prepared. Prepare for a rainy day. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. (laughs) Okay, so I'm exhausted. That's a sign. Yes. As people are analyzing their health, what else can they look for? Overeating or undereating. Those are big. Those are big ones. Just a loss of appetite or absolutely positively ravenous. Those are signs as well. And even overdoing anything, overexercising, 
indulging in alcohol or starting bad habits that weren't things to be worried about before. Those are things to, you know, what are you satiating doing those things? That's again, that positive self-talk. See, when you get into the mirror and talk to yourself, that's what journaling is for too. Yeah, we talk a a lot about journaling. That's right. It's a way to look at what you're thinking. Those words on a page is is a mirror. It's a mirror unto your soul. Yes. Yes. I started journaling uh, in seventh grade. I was 12. And my husband, Gus, was my boyfriend. And he gave me a diary. And he gave me one every Christmas. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And he journals, too. And my daughter journals. And because we journaled and had journaling books and she had her little notebook, I kept the one that she used is just scribble. She couldn't even write, but it had pictures in it, stick figures. And it was just, but it was her version of her cursive writing. And I keep that book. Yes. Yes. Those are such precious memories. Very precious memories. Exhaustion, overindulging, under, (laughs) under feeding ourselves in some way. What else? Because people aren't good at reading themselves. That's right. Isolating isolating themselves or feeling as if they cannot be alone, that they have to be somewhere with someone at something every moment of every day, that they can't face being by themselves. That's problematic. And I think that's why largely in part, many people didn't thrive during COVID, the isolation, that instead of using it as an opportunity to cultivate a deeper relationship with self, they were looking for those external factors to help soothe them. And it actually was a huge magnifying glass to this is how you're living. If you can't feel like, if you don't feel like you can be alone, you're living like this. So in essence, you're surviving. You only start thriving when you get into yourself and it's not self-centered. It's not self-aggrandizement. It is just the notion that you are okay with you. And isn't that beautiful? Because wherever you go, there you are. That's right. (laughs) It's the truth. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It can be a lifetime journey to get to know and love all the aspects of yourself. It does, however, change how we show up in the world. Yes. Yes. It really, really does. And you get to choose. You get to choose how you show up. Don't think for one minute that this is not your choice. You know, and stop asking, stop asking people. I don't know. I don't know what that is. You stop it. You know exactly what it is. You know what this is. And a lot of people say, oh, it is what it is. No, it's not. It is what God says it is. And, you know, a lot of people want to call on him when they're in trouble. Like he's a genie in the bottle. But what they've got to come to peace with is whatever you call your God. Make peace with it. Make friends with it. Build a relationship with them. Do it. And that alone brings peace too. So I'm feeling that whole mind, body, spirit. These are all connected in terms of our ability to thrive and have an impact on our health. That's right. When I did my chaplain work, one thing I came to understand was that people were in deep spiritual crises. And if they had no spiritual background or no faith center, 
that is a spiritual crisis, whether they believe or not believe. So it doesn't matter because what is your belief? What do you believe in? Do you believe in anything? And a lot of people who have no belief, they're conflicted because they don't even believe in themselves. They're void of any kind of belief system, I promise you, and they're surviving, barely. That's mm. another show all by itself. That's the spiritual side of health, because when you are, for instance, nine times out of 10, if you, t- okay, eight times out of 10, maybe. No, I will say nine. <laughs> if you tell me what your issues are health-wise, I can ask you a specific question about your emotional self, for instance. When the gentleman in my office told me that he was there because they had diagnosed him with some kind of heart issue, already in my mind, I'm thinking, does he have a broken heart? And when I, he, I saw his tongue, boom, there it was, the broken heart. Yes? Mm-hmm. Then the if someone says that they have that chronic, chronic, acute, the chronic back pain, not just acute, you know, just for the day, chronic back pain that's plaguing them and plaguing them. I ask them, do you feel supported at home with your loved ones, with what it is you're trying to accomplish in life? And one person said, let me think about that. Mm-hmm. The fact that they had to even think about it, the answer is no. Okay. And for those with autoimmune diseases, I always ask them at the time of your diagnosis or nearby the time of your diagnosis, what happened in your life that was hard for you to swallow? And they can, mm, they can come up with the answer. Why'd you ask me that? So there's a companion. Diseases all have an emotional component attached to it. And those are spiritual fights. I love that. I've mm-hmm. seen it in cases. There were people who had diabetes. Yes. And Louise Hay had a uh, the sweetness had gone out of the life. The sweetness has gone out of your life. 100, you know, yes, 100%. Um, but we, okay, so as we are looking at those things, the sweetness has gone out of life. It's hard for me to swallow this. Um, I feel unsupported. As we're looking at those kinds of things, okay, so now I know. Now what? Do something about it, unless you just want to stay there. And a lot of people do because what? They're married to their story. Well, sometimes as painful as the story is for many, it's a lot easier than moving out of that story, turning that story into another story. Yeah, well. Well, that's the story, too. That's the story, too. too. (laughs) The choice is yours. When do you gather your strength and from where do you gather it? And so when people are busy running around stating that there is no God, I ask them, what do they hold on to when things get hard? Is it your IG account and your 10 followers or your 10,000 followers? It does not matter. It matters not. To what do you hold on when things get hard? Only you can ask that question for yourself. And if you don't have an answer, you should find one before things get hard. It hasn't come yet, but keep living. It's coming. So what else can we do? Okay, so we turn to whatever our spiritual grounding is or whatever practices we have, because that's something to... What else can we do? I mean, I think we have this conversation a lot. You and I Mm -hmm. talk about these things, yet there are a lot of people, a lot of conversations I've had and people, it's very new for them. What do they do? Okay, great. You've told me the sweetness has gone out of life. And I'm hearing that you say, look in the mirror, say sweet things to myself. That's great. 
what else do I do? Like, how do I move from surviving to thriving in my health world? How do I do that? The first thing you have to do is you have to want to. You have to want to. You have to want to let go of the story that keeps you lamenting, that keeps you sorrowful, the story that you tell over and over and over. That's what you have to do. You keep singing the same song to yourself. Eventually, you believe it. And you believe there's no other way out, especially when you start talking about the doctor said. That's true. That's true. Okay. And then I'm not poo-pooing on doctors. And I believe that if we worked together more closely, we could heal the multitudes. That's true. But some people who really do not want to do the work, they really do just want a magic bullet. And those are the same people who are downtrodden and surviving in their lives instead of thriving. Moving forward, in order to move forward, it, it starts with a single decision. It really does. Intelligence, though, it's not fixed. You can become smarter by putting in more effort and trying different approaches in this life. And thereby you can build your intelligent quotient. And your EQ, because, you know, they thought IQ was everything. Hmm. And they realized that there are some other intelligences that were just as strong predictors of success as well. Yeah. So you don't have to be the brightest bulb on the tree. You may have a sense of people and an understanding of how to work with people to get things done mm-hmm. that someone with maybe a higher IQ doesn't have. So That's it's right. not to knock either one, but we use what we've been given and That's we leverage right. that to live our best lives. So, yeah. As we should. Absolutely. Because we That's all right. have a purpose. We do. Our job is to find it and have the courage enough to walk in it. That's right. And that will bring you longevity for this journey. Mm. All of that. And it does start with courage because it's not easy. And sometimes you may find yourself alone. But I say find your tribe. You will find the other people who are like-minded and like-spirited. You have to go where they go. I have met more wonderful friends in the health food store. (laughs) Because... If we were just there in the health food store together, then we're already like-minded and like-spirited. We have the mm-hmm. same sensibilities. It's what we share. That's why we're at the health food store. Sure, I'm going to speak to you standing in the line. Right? What is that? Yes. <laughs> How do you cook that cold, Robbie? <laughs> at Wegmans one time, I love Wegmans. This woman had so much cold, Robbie. Her cart was filled with it. I said, what are you going to do with all that cold, Robbie? She said, I eat it every single day and I just love it with salt, pepper and butter like a turnip. I said, I've never thought to cook it like that. She said, how do you do it? I said, I like to shred it and put it in a salad with green apples. She said, oh my gosh. I said, in fennel, it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten more fine recipes by standing in the grocery store asking people, what do you do with that? What do you think are the top health things that we, and and I will say we, because I could use it. Uh, we can do to add more power and joy to the journey to get that longevity. What are some of the things that you can do? Ladies, I say rest is at the top of the list that really set those boundaries and know that your body only heals when you're sleeping. So thereby negating rest is negating your healing. You're sidestepping it. Sure, we all put in a late night here and there. 
but to do a consistent run of late nights is harmful and habitual. And exhausting. You're exhausted from the exhaustion of not getting enough rest. (laughs) Yes. And, And again, I started to say seriously that I cannot put another thing on my plate. So I started taking things off. By taking things off, I am okay with living with less, but still having enough that I do not need to make every single quarter that comes my way because it requires something of me. In my case, it requires me packing a bag and leaving town sometimes, most of the time. And let me tell you, that is not always easy, even though it may be worth it. So I say no a lot. There is a thread running through this. We, no know. is a complete sentence. No, no is <laughs> no is a complete sentence. Yeah. The rest factor boundaries are constantly coming up with people who are thriving in their lives, and I love that this is the second time that we've heard that evaluation of, "Hey, maybe I had this. I value this for my life, but when I put it in the context of everything else that was important to me, I didn't need the four quarters." Two quarters were going to be enough because they allow me to maintain these other things that I want. And we've heard that come up as well. So, yeah, there's sometimes the one thing we want, if we don't have an idea about all the things that mean something to us, may get in the way of us having all that we want in balance. That's right. So thank you for reminding us of that again. You are welcome. Thank you so much for having me. We you are always a treat. You know, we adore you. So thank you. (laughs) And you know, sometimes we want to have that different answer. I was asking some people before our conversation, I said, Hey, I'm gonna have this conversation. What would you ask? And the answers were, what can I take? And certainly I love nutraceuticals, they're very beneficial. But that's our first thing. The magic bullet. The magic bullet. The magic bullet. What can you take? How about your truth? Take your truth and ride it and walk in it. You know, the pill is easier. So Uh it appears to be easier. It appears to be easier. And I like nutraceuticals. But those of you now I've I've, I've love, I have a... She's got her stash. I've got my stash of things. I love my collagen. However, none of them, none of them really replace something like a good night's sleep. That's right. Or enough not, water. Not one of them. Not one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or boundaries, big... which decrease stress. That's right. That will let That's you know. Right. Then you'll be at baseline, right? No pressure. Yeah. I'm telling you, no pressure. It's been, it's been a beautiful mantra to maintain. No pressure. So we're back to even with health, thriving is a decision. Yes, it's it is. Something that we are choosing that is honoring ourselves and our values. And then if you still have all those other little symptoms, yeah. <laughs> then at least you're not going through everything. You know right. what's left. But and a lot of times it goes away. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, so thank does. you. Thank you so much again for coming and spilling that tea. <laughs> I am so happy to have spilled the tea with you all. Thank you for inviting me to spill the tea. You are so welcome. 
And we'd like to thank our audience for joining us. If you want to hear more amazing health tips from The Good Doctor, you can go to www.askthegooddoctor.org and you can see things or you can also check her out. You say it because you say it's so cute on her. On my YouTube channel, on my YouTube <laughs> channel, Ask the Good Doctor. We drop a new show every Wednesday at one o'clock. There you go. <laughs> and as always, you'll find the links and resources and contact info for Dr. Brookshire on our blog at our website, www.realtalkwithdebonia.com. We will be listing her social media <laughs> where you can go see her post. <laughs> so make sure to follow us at Real Talk DN and you will see her stuff there. And also, if you can spare a few moments, please show us some love by leaving a review on the streaming platform of your choice. We'd love to hear your feedback and we'd love to, you know, get your thoughts. So until next time, we shall see you soon. Real Talk with Deb and Nia can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcast. You can also check out our YouTube channel. And make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Real Talk DN. See, See you, you next time. time.